everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how you doing? Uh, this just doesn't make any sense to me, Robbie. I mean, really, we should all be dead. That That's all I can think right now. What? what? With, all the, with, all the risky, with all the risky things we've done with this podcast. I mean, have you seen the things we should be eating? We should be dead. If there was any justice in the universe, we would both be dead. I, we're closer to the Frank Grimes uh, than to the Homer Simpson. I just want to make <laughs> that very clear. I know, but we it's are, funnier if we were. We are very. We are way closer to Frank Grimes than we are Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson would not host a podcast. <laughs> Homer Simpson wouldn't do anything besides sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, except for those all those times he didn't do that. Hi guys, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. You gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, and there's other stuff in there too. I encourage you to check it out. We have a person to thank, Matthew. Already. Already. Jackson Croft. Thank you, Jackson. Thank you, Jackson. On to this week's episode. We finally got to it, Matt. It is time for Homer's Enemy, episode 4F19, originally aired May 4th, 1997, written by John Sportswelder, directed by Jim Reardon, acquired a 7.7 Nielsen rating, approximately 7.5 million house viewing households, finished week ranked 56th, the sixth highest rated show on Fox that week, following The X-Files, a broadcast of The Mask, Melrose Place, <laughs> King of the Hill, and Beverly Hills 90210. Just, oh my god! That just hit your Ooh, sorry, the mask. <laughs> That's just well. You, you remember the mask, Matt? Smoking. I I do. I, I don't see any reason yeah. that this would not do better. Remember, remember the smoking. Remember that? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, remember that's. It's not. That doesn't hold up very well. The mask isn't that good. Uh, <laughs> the the couch gag. Uh, you say you. This is not. This, what you wrote down here is not true, Matt. It's oh only, really? Only <laughs> only Bart is discolored. Uh, everyone else okay. is fine. Bart is weird colors. Homer bangs on the uh, television until Bart looks normal. I assumed I I thought I missed something. I was like, that's weird. Why is only Bart discolored? Okay, well, good to know. Uh, also, episode guest stars Frank Welker as the executive vice president dog. <laughs> oh, Frank Welker, <laughs> well, never stop being. I, I think they just had him in, and they're like, oh, what episodes have dogs in them? They're just like, well, get him. He'll he. We already got him. We'll just have him do a dog. He was, he was probably doing stuff for Laddie, and they're just like, well, we have another dog. You know, might as well have... We have another prof- couple episodes we, a dog. We have the professional dog here. Let's get him to do the other dog. The other dog. I love I, it. Well, I mean, this is a dog-heavy season. We have Poochie, we have Laddie, and we have the executive vice president dog. The episode begins with uh, a segment with Kent Brockman called Kent's People, where we are introduced to Frank Grimes eventually <laughs> which if true means death for us all and now kent's people tonight's inspiring story is about frank grimes a 35 year old springfieldite who's earned everything the hard way but never let adversity get him down abandoned by his parents at age four frank never got to go to school he spent his childhood years as a delivery boy delivering toys to more fortunate children then on his 18th birthday he was blown up in a silo explosion. During his long recuperation, he taught himself to hear and feel pain again. As the years passed, he used his few leisure moments each day to study science by mail. And last week, Frank Grimes, the man who had to struggle for everything he ever got, received his correspondence school diploma in nuclear physics with a minor. 
in determination. So we meet Frank Grimes. Oh, poor Frank Grimes. He has had the one of the worst lives, and he's completely failed by the system because generally when your parents die, you, you don't have to get a job. You get a foster family. So, someone really didn't like Frank Grimes. They paid so they paid to keep him out of the orphanages. Someone someone had it in for him. I don't know. It's I mean, it's just it's a very, you know, we we kind of are given most of our context for what Frank is right here. We we it, we are given Kent's people, you know, a sob story, you know, kind of cheesy, you know, maudlin, whatever kind of segment you see on local news all the time. And we see Frank has worked hard for everything he's ever had. He's, you know, I think that's the, the way I think you can, I, if I was thinking of like a really short description of Frank Grimes is worked for constantly, never stopped working. I feel like he worked as a child and then he worked as after he got exploded in a in a silo for some reason after he taught himself to feel pain again okay how old is frank grimes i assume mid 30s early 40s like the rest of the adults in the seasons uh, yeah homer's age basically that's what i figure too basically, yeah. i think like i think the episode is setting up hank, uh, uh, hank. frank and homer as these this a, a very strange pair and I think it's appropriate if Frank was actually literally the same exact age as Homer. Yeah, makes uh, sense. But he's the American success story. That's what he's he's painted as here. Like, look what he's managed to, to do for himself. He's pulled himself up by his bootstraps. Yep, uh, bootstraps. <laughs> uh, I don't, I mean, he doesn't wear boots, but you know what I mean. Uh, Burns sees the story, immediately wants to hire Frank Grimes, is even crying about it. Uh, and you say... It, he didn't. It's not a week later that he forgot about him. It was literally the next day that they that well, Frank Grimes is brought in front of him. Are you sure? Because I, I feel like it would have taken Smithers a little bit of time to found him, and I, I assumed Kent's uh, program was on once a week instead of you know every single it day. It says I'm fairly right. confident it said the next day. No, oh, all right, fair I, enough. I'm, but by the next day, Mister Burns has mostly forgotten about Grimes because that that really. Uh, I guess a, a really cool dog is now uh, one of Kent's people <laughs> and he wants the dog to be the executive vice, executive vice president instead of Frank Grimes. Uh, so Frank Grimes is basically, it's not like he's fired or anything. It's just like, yeah, put him somewhere in the plant. Just get him a, yeah. you know, put him in a spot, whatever that means. You say a fake job. Yeah. Well, they basically like make up a job for him. Like here, just, you know, toss him somewhere. I would think a place like a power. I mean, if we're being totally honest, there's plenty of, I mean, plenty of, there's plenty of jobs like this that, I mean, they're not fake. People get paid. It's not like they're. Well, that's true. I'm sure he's getting paid, but I mean, I got a fake job when I moved to Michigan. Uh, they pretty much were just like, oh, you want to write software? All right, we'll toss you here because your mom works for us and they never gave me anything to do. That's not, why did you ever quit that job? Because <laughs> it was so boring and I hated Michigan. <laughs> Sounds if you don't have anything to do, Matt, sounds like that's a job you could do from anywhere. <laughs> well the problem is they had heavy web filters, so you know. Oh, uh, I see. No you can't no editing for work. Yep. That's the problem. Exactly. Uh, but he's given his this his job, his little office, and of course it's right next to Homer's. Of course. Perfect. Of course. It's perfect. Uh he we don't you know, all we have on him at this point is what we saw in Kent's people. And we see him carefully arranging everything on his desk. Uh, we we see his his character design. 
You know, we see he 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 was modeled after uh, Michael Douglas's character in Falling Down, which I Falling think... Down. I've never seen that. If you've seen Falling Down, it kind of I don't know if <laughs> the arcs are similar for both characters. It's <laughs> falling... really well. Well, Falling Down is about a office worker kind of guy who goes crazy uh, and just kind oh, of okay and goes crazy through like the most of the movie is him crazy and people like trying to talk him down from like killing people uh he doesn't you know he's much more violent but it it follows the same very similar kind of archetype of like the calm cool and collected button down guy who suddenly breaks loose because he's taking too much but it's that you know he's wearing white he's wearing white and black there's like there's no and there's no he's like the pants are a dark gray right oh that's true grayscale then yeah grayscale and he's, the yellow skin gotta have the yellow skin. Y- yes, of course. But it's just in you know a, a crew cut. He is put together in a very very boring way, like just clean cut, simple. Mm-hmm. And that it tells a, tells us a lot about Frank even before we even hear him interact with Homer. You know he's he's organizing his desk in a very specific way. Like he's like doing feng shui on his desk almost. He's like this. No, the mug needs to, <laughs> the mug needs to be rotated. Well, Robbie, if you don't have stuff in the exact right spot, how will you find it when you need it? I hey, I'm totally on board with uh important with you know desk organization. It's kind of, it's important, uh, especially Indeed. with Frank's job that he doesn't really have any specific tasks. Whereas Homer does have a job with specific tasks, but he doesn't actually do them. <laughs> yes, not really. But uh, Lenny and Carl. See that Frank is there. See they they see a new guy basically, uh, and so Lenny, Carl, and Homer all introduce themselves to Frank Grimes. You know? Yes, my name is Frank Grimes. I'm Lenny. This is Carl and Homer. I'm Lenny. How do you do? Wow, you got pencils with your name on them, just like a pencil company executive. I'd give anything for one of these. Any office supply company can have them made up for you. Can I have this one? No. Can Lenny have it? No. Oh, that's my degree in nuclear physics. I'm sure you all have one. Oh, yeah. Carl and I each have a master's. <laughs> of course, old Homer, he didn't need a degree. He just showed up the day they opened the plant. <laughs> I didn't even know what a nuclear panner plant was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I'm sure we all have a lot of work to do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you seem like a great guy, so I'll give you a little tip. If you turn that security camera around, you can sleep and no one will ever know. Yeah, I don't think we're being paid to sleep. Oh, yeah, they're always trying to screw you. <laughs> <laughs> I love Homer's attitude. Oh, yeah. How dare they not pay us to sleep? <sighs> well, I mean, this attitude is fundamentally what separates these two people. It That's true. Uh, Frank believes you should work for your money. Homer believes you should be giving money. Homer should move to Finland. Oh, burn on Finland. <laughs> hey, it's only an experiment but now, but eventually, you know, hopefully everyone will have a guaranteed basic income and no one will have to deal with Homer ever again in, in their jobs. I, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, Oh, now you, you, sorry. You, you okay? I, I, I got mad, had to break something. You're, you're a little upset. Uh, still simmering about Finland, I say. Uh, uh-huh. It's, you know, they, they, have come out and said, you know, like the basic idea of this episode is what if we put us put someone who is self self motivated, a hard worker, has had to earn everything they've ever gotten, a person from the real world. What would what would happen if we put them next to Homer Simpson? 
Well, you know, it's funny because Lisa is basically that person. She's had to work extremely hard. I mean, to get maybe not as hard as Frank Grimes, to be honest, but she, she she's a Simpson, so she's had to work extremely hard. But because she's part of the family, that juxtaposition doesn't apply. Whereas with Frank Grimes, it's it's very stark. Well, I think well, it's very stark because he's not a Simpson. I think Lisa is in the family, and even maybe in the greater confines of the show, she is the closest to what to a Frank Grimes. You know, she's smart and competent, and she wants to work hard. She's not lazy, but she's still a Simpson. And all often enough, whenever they get to the point where, I, I mean, like Lisa the vegetarian, that happens. It is it begins to, or, or even going back to like Homer versus eight, uh, versus the uh, Eighth Commandment, where yeah. They have this, they have a, a, there's a schism in the family, usually between Lisa and Homer, and them being family and their love for each other wins out. It doesn't matter that Lisa has a fundamental difference about like, hey, you should be doing work. And Homer is like, no, we should be lazy. Uh, but they're family and they love each other. And Homer, you know, John Swartzwater wrote this episode. His often, you know, he said his, we, I think we mentioned it before, his advice for writing Homer is like, he's like a dog. Uh, he's loyal. <laughs> he loves food. Uh, and he loves his family. And I th- really shouldn't we all aspire to be more like dogs? I mean, the board probably would be a better place in general. But Frank doesn't. He 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 can't comprehend the world that 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 he's entered. He doesn't understand. Like Lenny and Carl are like they say they have master's degrees in nuclear physics. They're smart guys. Did you say nuclear? I said nuclear. The record shows nuclear. They, they don't sound different enough. You, you need to work on your diction, Robbie. Hey, I've struggled with that word my entire life. All right, I've tried really hard. I can't help. Sometimes you grew up in the south. It, I it can be. I uh, grew uh, up in the south. Black. I can't help it. I try. Nuclear physics. They're smart guys, but they are jaded. They're cynical, and they're just—they've accepted what Homer is. You know, they—they they say it like, yeah, he, Homer just showed up and he got a job, and now he's our safety technician. Doesn't make any sense, but it's the world they live in, and they're used to it. And we are used to it too. We're nor this is this is the normal. We we've watched at this point hundred over one hundred and fifty episodes, almost two hundred episodes of The Simpsons. This world is normal to us when we watch this show. It it it's like a second home. There's like the world I spent the most. Just goes time- to show you that hu- humans can get used to anything. The world I spent the most time in, besides the real one, is Springfield, and that's probably a lot of people listening. Honestly, is you, I've seen. Most of the episodes, and I've seen most of the episodes many times, and you know these characters, you know this world, it feels like home to you. And then suddenly, Frank Grimes appears, someone from, theoretically, our world, and sudden, and, and it, it shines a light on how different they actually are, and it's just, I mentioned this a little bit in the in, in the closing of our last episode, but I... I'm endlessly delighted by this episode. Every time I watch it, it just it just m- makes me feel happy inside, despite how dark it is at times. And it's just this episode feels like it is saying so much about The Simpsons. It feels like it is it identifies something about The Simpsons that we all know, but it's not ever evident to you until it's pointed out clearly. And all it takes is Frank Grimes showing up. All it takes is a regular person to contrast it with. Yeah, exactly. It's all it takes. And uh, I, I, I absolutely, I, I'm gonna gush over this thing for however long this episode is. <laughs> um, uh, we cut away 
with the the tension rising between Homer and Frank, and or grimy as he likes to be called, and <laughs> it, they cut the t- they cut, and I think they were aware of. Like they talk about how they wanted uh, Oakley and Weinstein talk about how they wanted uh, to put in some conceptually challenging episodes in their seasons, and this is one of them. And I, they were aware of that. They were aware of this is a very strange thing we're doing, uh, and they wanted to cut it with a B plot that is nonsensical and just kind of just madcap fun. And that is what we get, kind of to intersperse this sometimes uncomfortable. Uh, relationship between Homer and, and Grimes. Uh, <laughs> so Marge is trying to get a vanity plate, but Marge is, Marge is unfortunately not available. No, there's Marjorie. Uh, or Margaret. The, no, but Mitzi is. No, not Mitzi. Mitzi is. Oh, sorry, I must have missed that. I thought Mitzi was going to so you're saying it's Nitzi? No, she asked with an for, N? She asked for, she's like, what about Mitzi with an M? And then he's like, hmm, no, what about Nitzi with an N? And she's like, hmm. okay, that's what I thought. And then Bart just wanders away, uh, ends up bidding a dollar on something. He doesn't know what it is. And he wins a a factory, an abandoned factory, which honestly, if I was a 10-year-old boy and I had my own factory just to roam around in, I don't think you could have given me something that I would have been more entertained with. That's true. Until the tax bill came due and you were like, uh... uh then you... Uh, forfeit it and let it go back into the place where it gets. <laughs> you let them. That's probably how that happened. You You're let right. them. You let them take it back from you. Uh, we then cut back to Homer and Frank, uh, where we see Homer display a little bit of the jerk Homer behavior. Hiya, Stretch. What's the good word? My name is Grimes uh, Simpson. Frank Grimes. I took the trouble to learn your name. The least you can do is learn mine. Okay, Grimey. <laughs> You're eating my special dietetic lunch. Huh? Uh, <clears throat> oh, 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 I'm sorry. The bag was clearly marked. Please be more careful in the future. Check. Homer takes several bites afterwards. After half. Yeah. And then tries to fish it out of the, out of the trash. Which is a bit I almost, I almost always forget about until I watch it again and then I go right. Yeah, right. You know me most of the time when I'm watching these, I'm not actually looking at the screen, but this time I happen to be just like it's so great. Grimes turns around, Homer just like very quietly reaches into the trash can and then pulls his hand back when Grimes turns around. Like, come on, man. Yeah, and, oh. and I think I mean a lot of people complain about this episode. Uh, the people, I mean, I think this episode does have a very love or hate relationship with a lot of people. Uh, and I think the people who don't like it don't like it because they think Homer is acting like a jerk. Uh, we get, you know, and I think both of us are pretty adamant about our our dislike for the Homer is a jerk episodes. But I don't think this ever does that. No, this episode seems more like Homer as the oblivious fool rather than Homer as a jerk. Homer is not acting maliciously in any way. Whereas in jerk Homer episodes, it's almost like Homer knows that he's being a jerk, but doesn't stop because he wants something in this episode. Homer is just being completely oblivious to what's going on around him. And, you know, in real life, I hate people like that, but it's kind of funny when Homer does it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of what the episode is. One of the things the episode is showing us is that we love Homer. Homer's great. He's funny. He's a a lovable character. Uh, One of the most recognizable characters in the history of pop culture. And yet, 
he even when even when he is not acting maliciously, he is uh, dangerous. Frankly, he's 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 like he's putting everyone at risk. Yes, everyone. And uh, I think if he had act if he continued to act the way that he acts in the first act throughout the rest of the episode, I would I probably agree with a lot of those people that you know the Homer is a jerk thing. Because, but I think most a lot of Simpsons episodes that are centered around Homer and or at least drama or conflict around Homer are in, about Homer doing something wrong, realizing he's done something wrong, and trying to make up for it. Right. Whereas jerk Homer episodes are Homer doing something wrong, realizing he did it wrong, and then just kind of blowing it off or doubling or doubling like, down even or doubling down. I feel like most jerk Homer episodes seem to be focused on somebody else and Homer is almost the antagonist in those episodes. It's very rare. I, I can't think of a single jerk Homer episode where Homer is the focus of the episode. You probably can though. Mm, the ones that come to mind right now, I can't, uh, let me think. I mean, I think the cartridge family probably, I think is Homer is focused on Homer and he is a jerk the entire time. I mean, yeah, the episodes, yeah. I feel like that, it's more of a family episode than well, just about Homer, but he does play. He is the main driving force of that episode. You're right. And I mean, the episode, I think, does try and paint him as a jerk. It's pretty openly like everyone's saying the whole time. Everyone's like, you're irresponsible. But I don't it's I think I, we're, we'll get to Karsh's family at, at some point not next season, I think. Uh, but we this in this relation, it's not and it's not just one thing with I mean, I think Frank is I don't know, a lot of I, I think this episode, it works. And I think it's a very precarious balance, but I think it works because Homer is a, is a is it is a little mean at the at the start, oblivious but mean. Stealing people's lunches is bad. I don't think Homer you know Homer didn't realize, but it's still bad. It's still mean. But it's not just that that he does, and you know he chews on Frank's pencils, and and it's just you know it's it's a lot of it's a little things that add up and up and up and up, and they and they all weigh on Frank. And and I don't Frank's behavior up until the you know it starts to escalate. At, in the basically the 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 second and third acts, it he is not, I don't know, unreasonable. <laughs> no, no. I think his reactions are relatively reasonable up until where he starts going crazy, and th- well, everyone's reasonable until they start going crazy. Robbie, I, <laughs> I guess that's 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 very true. That's uh, words of wisdom. Uh, but you know, we get examples. Uh, of how bad an employee Homer really is. So, how's it going, Grimy? I'd appreciate it if you'd stay out of my office, Simpson. <laughs> I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. <laughs> Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the ball. So, what's new, Grimy? Simpson, you got a 513. No, a 513. In your procedures manual, a 513? Look at your control panel. Oh, a 513. I'll handle it. That got it. Yep, that's the way that works. I mean, that's all you just, have to do is just, just pour toss it. some water on it and destroy it. <laughs> it's a, I mean, that that's a really old uh, control panel. Con- control console is probably pretty tough. Yeah, 
Yeah, old, old things are tough. That's that's the way it works. They're they're not fragile from years of use. Just pour water on them and they're fine. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone ever contends that Homer's a good employee. Like, I don't think... God, no. I don't think... We, I mean, you watch the show. He's a pretty bad employee most of the time. <laughs> and now we are... All we're seeing now is basically a lot of time dedicated to watching someone have to work with him. And we've... Everyone who's worked anywhere has had that coworker that they're always slower than you want them to be and you're they're always like come on man i need help or we're, <laughs> come on we could use you doing something right now and they're not and i think that immediately just goes oh right having to work with homer would be hell it would be terrible and you'd have to adopt the the attitude that lenny and carl end up adopting which is like yeah yeah it's you know not great, huh? Yep, that's life, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, where we're where we, stuck with this. That's where we're at. And uh, we see uh, Bart hire Millhouse to his to his his factory, his crew, uh -huh. the factory crew, which is now Bart and Millhouse. They 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 were working together at the factory. You it's know, so great. It's very good. Uh, and also, most of their gags aren't uh, really suitable for audio, but I I do really enjoy I, it. They that the. The B plot in this really has almost nothing to do with Homer and Frank. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just, it's literally like, hey, we need an extra three minutes in this episode. All right, here's here's Bart and Millhouse well, in a factory. I mean, and then they could make it really anything, but I think it it one it does serve to lighten the tension from the sometimes really heavy. I mean, heavy like emotionally when with Frank and heavy like with like with metaphor and, and message about the show. So you have this thing that is kind of meaningless and silly, and it also undercuts the meaning where I think the Simpsons do that a lot when they're trying to like cut down on like cheesiness at, or corniness. They often will have silly or nonsensical stuff thrown in. And I think that's what this does as well. And it's also just very funny. Uh, and it is exactly how I would have behaved if I had access to like a bunch of like broken down stuff. You'd beat it with a pipe or knock it over or melt it. it I think it's actually the, the exact thing I would have done um, and probably exposed myself to poisonous fumes as Bart and Milhouse do. Uh, Grimes is upset at this point. Shocking. Yeah, I know. It's. I mean, it's not ridiculous. We from even the very short time we've had with him having to work alongside Homer, it's obviously bothering him. So he goes to Lenny and Carl, other coworkers, to try and understand what's happening. To try and complain. To just I don't know, vent a little bit. I think, and uh, he gets kind of a sobering dose of reality from them. Oh God, he eats like a pig. I don't know. Pigs tend to chew. I'd say he eats more like a duck. Well, some kind of farm animal anyway. And earlier today, I saw him asleep inside a radiation suit. <laughs> Can you imagine that? He was hanging from a coat hook. <laughs> he had three beers at lunch. That would make anybody sleepy. I've never seen him do any work around here. I mean, what, what is his job? Safety inspector. That irresponsible oaf? A man who, by all rights, should have been killed dozens of times by now? Mm, 316 times, by my count. That's the man who's in charge of our safety. It boggles the mind. It's best not to think about it. <laughs> it really is best not to think about it, it guys. I mean, and that's... They are, moment by moment in this episode, they are basically breaking the reality of The Simpsons. 
you well, know, I feel like it, this episode, this this whole season smacks of, hey, this is the logical end of the show, so we're going to go heavily metatextual and basically analyze what makes this show great. Like, I feel like the entire writing staff was expecting this. We're pretty much out of ideas at this point. We're going to cut it off. We're getting to the point where we're just, we're just analyzing ourselves, and that's usually when most shows end. And then season nine showed up, and they were like, oh, crap. Let's think something up. Let's just keep going for 20 more years. Yeah. And that's, I mean, they, they've also, I mean, that's Oakley and Weinstein also have gone on record and said, we they thought the show was ending soon. So let's go out. Let's just do the craziest things we can think of. And that includes things yep. like this, where they are heavily examining themselves and how the kind of the gears and machinery behind the scenes and, and have this weird character that does not belong whatsoever in the show and and see what happens when we drop him in um at this point we you know they're watching homer eat and at this point he's about to drink some acid uh which not good for your health and no no no, not good for anything to be fair your stomach is filled with hydrochloric acid but uh your your esophagus not so much grimes stops him from drinking the acid the acid immediately burns through a wall so that was very uh powerful acid Probably yeah. should not be drinking it. But uh, Grimes gets in trouble. Burns sees the the hole in the wall. Grimes gets blamed. gets chewed out and demoted from, or less pay at least. I don't know. I don't know what, we don't know what job he has. So it's hard to say he got demoted, but he is getting paid less. Which, considering he has a night job we learn later on, he can't be paying that, be getting paid that much if he has to have two jobs. Or maybe he's just the kind of person who is like, you know what, I'm going to work really hard right now, and then I'll uh, retire early. Yeah, maybe that's it. Um, I don't see Gr- – I don't know. Grimes is I, – I mean, I want to – we'll talk about this more later, but Grimes is not the type to – he is, he is a very high-strung individual. I'm not sure if the retirement is ever in his – like, I don't know if he understands, like, the idea of retirement because he's worked his entire life. I don't know if he even thinks that's, that's like, true. He'll be the, he'll be the cranky old man who is, uh, you know, the greeter at Walmart. But yes, exactly. He'll take whatever job he can get because he just wants to keep working. So I guess that – I mean, but his – he also lives in a crappy apartment. So who knows what's happening? Hey, hey, he lives above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley. That doesn't sound crappy to me. That sounds like the height of luxury. That sounds like hell. That sounds like <laughs> the – might be a little loud. The little yes, exactly. It sounds like constant noise. I would go crazy. Um, but he gets chewed out and goes to Homer and declares them enemies. Hey, grimy old buddy. I'm not your buddy, Simpson. I don't like you. In fact, I hate you. Stay the hell away from me. Because from now on, we're enemies. Okay. Do I have to do anything? Oh. Oh. <laughs> do I have to do anything? I have to do anything? And it's that's that's what I that's that's my catchphrase actually. <laughs> do I have? I mean, I mean, that's Homer. I mean, it, it's not really Homer's catchphrase, but it kind of is his one of his ethos is like, do I have to do anything? And yeah. it he and the, they really do this scene. Kind of a lot of this episode, I think, hinges right here. And Homer's reaction to being declared someone's enemy is amazing it's amazing because homer doesn't understand he can't fathom that kind of antagonism against him no i don't think he really understands what it means it doesn't occur to him that this means that frank hates him and will probably acting against him in the future he's just like oh well that sucks 
I'm gonna go back to sleep. Let me grab a beer first. I mean, he, it, it's. I mean, we we talk a lot about Homer being innocent, and it, I think this is another thing that weighs in, that that is like evidence against the Homer is a jerk thing to me. Is he's so he's just so kind of blown away when he's someone declares an enemy but why why would you why would you i don't think like homer doesn't be, like if homer ever declared himself an enemy to someone i don't think he would ever have the same level of antagonism that that grimes would it, it you know he would forget he's like a goldfish he'd forget about it like an hour later and go drink a beer and when we like grimes like openly antagonistic and, and angry at him homer's just like i I don't under like he doesn't understand, and he doesn't like he's just like well if you're what what does that mean like he's like what do I do I have to do anything and he's like does that does that like is this official like I don't like am I are you doing like do I have to do work and like it just further like that question just further just enrages Grimes. <laughs> Yeah, because he expects Homer to understand and be conciliatory, but Homer doesn't understand, and that just frustrates Grimes to no end, essentially. I do also want to point out, like, Hank Azaria as Frank Grimes is amazing. Is is the and it's not like and and uh, I think uh, Nancy Carwright talked about has talked about this. She has said like you know the 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 kind of test of a voice actor and and you know the the display of talent from a voice actor is not always like, can they do a weird voice? Can they sound strange? Cause this is not that different from Hank Azaria's normal voice. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing is like the real characteristic of these actors, uh, especially Hank Azaria and uh, Dan Castellaneta and uh, Harry Shear is they have so many voices that are just different enough that it's very easy to tell who's who. Yeah. And Frank and, Grimes is just throwing another one on there. Yeah. And, it's more it's more about delivery it is more about a uh, kind of tone and and in subtlety in in the rage and the anger and the frustration just kind of bubbling up underneath the surface and although it is it's it definitely doesn't sound that much different from Hank's area's voice it it just has a that little subtlety is what really sets it apart because Hank's area is like his normal voice is often the voice of an everyman is it, you know they use his kind of variations on his normal voice for a lot of background characters and because it kind of blends in but by taking that voice and then adding that little level of simmering frustration and tension and anger it makes frank grimes who is an everyman technically just yeah one in our world not in... <laughs> a, a non-simpsons every yeah exactly homer is the see that's the thing grimes is the everyman in our world homer is the everyman on television and that's true. The, Homer is closer to Peter Griffin than to Frank Grimes. Oh yeah, by far. It's not like it. I mean, I would say the other way around, but yes, it's. I well, mean, yeah, yeah. It's. It, I mean, the, the, Peter Griffin is a, a, a the next version of this character that a character that has existed as long as television has, has existed, like Ralph Cramden and Fred Flintstone and uh, uh, Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker. Bunker. Yeah. Archie Bunker. I was. Like, and, you know, Al Bundy, like, you could just keep going, and they still exist now. Those, those, Tim Allen, like, Home Improvement Tim, Tim Allen in, in every sitcom he's been in. Like, they just keep Kevin James in, in, uh, what's the show? King of Queens. Uh, King of Queens, damn it. And then, and then, he, again, he's in another show that he's doing the exact same role. It's oh just, yeah, it's. I mean, it's and you know, and and Peter and it's just all they—they're all versions of the kind of that same character of this, 
of this uh, middle-aged, not middle, well, you know, Homer's not middle-aged, quote-unquote, but he is, you know, mid-30s, middle-late 30s, every man, father, white, or yellow in this case, but <laughs> Ver, like just the 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 person that everyone is advertised to. He talked. They, I mean, they reference it a hundred times in a row, in a different places in the show. And Homer is a part of that legacy. And it 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 he, I, I think, frankly, he is the biggest one. I think The Simpsons is the best show of all time. Uh, obviously, we think that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that Homer is. The most, I don't know, the best version of that character. The most interesting version of that character. The funniest version I was of say, that I don't character. know what the best, like, in terms of most average, but I feel like he is the most pliable. Yeah, and most, I, I don't know, most likable, most interesting, and the the one I think that is most emblematic of the legacy that is most self-aware of what, that of that legacy of the everyman protagonist of a television show. I think a lot of them that can't even came after him don't have any lack all self-awareness. They are just that same kind of character regurgitated. Homer was born out of that legacy, but it's also so it's also the people who made him. And he is even as a character is often kind of written to be self-aware of the legacy that, that, that was there before him. And, acted appropriately in regards to it not just i'm going to i'm just going to be that set in the mid 90s versus which is basically a lot of the other ones are just like the same thing but at a different time period <sighs> what was i saying Matt? you were basically comparing homer as the everyman to other characters oh, i agree well, i mean i was going to say and frank grimes this is where i was I was like, how did I get off on a tangent? Uh, Frank Grimes is... <laughs> you a tangent? No, nah, yeah. no, never. Frank Grimes is the real-life everyman, the real-life American success story. Like, people like this are considered, like, the heart of America. Like, right? The, the, the hard-working... Like, that's what, the identity of America, right? Is this hard-working... ...success story pulled up by your bootstraps. It is... Has a nice middle class life. Yes, exactly. Is has earns everything they get. You know they they are, uh, uh, you know. Largely... I don't know if I'd say Homer has earned everything he's. No, got. no, not Homer, but uh, Frank Grimes. Oh, I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like Frank Grimes in real life, like people like that are considered the heart of the American identity. And Simpsons, I don't know if I could think of a show that better. Like you could like think of a show that is, if not the but one of. American, like, the most successful product of American television. It's lasted 28 years, recognizable yeah. in any country in the world. I, 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 like, you can't, like, name a person that you know that doesn't know who Homer Simpson is. Nobody. Not no a one. single person. Even people who've never watched the show know who Homer Simpson is. And they also, even if they never watched the show, they have an idea of what Homer Simpson is. They know dough. They know he drinks beer and loves donuts. That, which... Yes, who doesn't? Uh, and when you put this American, this I don't know, the guy who embodies the American ideal of hard work and determination in our real world and put him next to a person that we love as this American everyman on television, they hate each other. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of 
how it's supposed to go though is that's that's like you said that's Homer's appeal is that he is not that every man he, he's he is a caricature of that every man what we because a lot of the times I feel like what people think they want is not what they actually want so people would rather have a life like Homer's than a life like Frank's like people like to say that they really want someone who works hard and they want to be that person who who earns every bit that they get but almost everyone would much prefer to be handed everything on a silver platter like Homer was and I think this episode is basically exposing that hypocrisy yeah I mean it's it's I mean exposing privilege honestly and exposing yes, how that's... how much things like I, I you ask Homer and he's like yeah I work hard I don't know if Homer's aware that how lazy he is, but uh, he I wouldn't I don't know if he was I think Homer's not aware of most things in his life. He just kind of goes from. Yeah, it's moment to moment. Well, I I feel like there are a lot of there's a lot more conversation about this now of the idea of privilege and how, you know, some people are born on third base thinking they hit a triple. And that's Homer Simpson to a T. He had this amazingly easy life and he thinks he's worked hard for it, but he has not. Everyone else has had to work much harder for what they got. Oh, and uh, I mean, we... Lenny doesn't even have a last name. <laughs> we're, we'll get to that. Uh, we go to commercial. <laughs> hey, we're one third of the way through this episode. Yes, an hour in, we're only one third. <laughs> and when we come back, uh, we find Homer uh, commiserating with Mo about the fact that he has enemies. Oh, I can't believe it! I got an enemy. Me, the most beloved man in Springfield. Ah, it's a weird world, Homer. As hard as it is to believe. Some people don't care for me, neither. No, I won't accept that. No, it's true. I got their names written down right here in what I call my, uh, enemies list. Jane Fonda, Daniel Shore, Jack Anderson. Hey! This is Richard Nixon's enemies list! You just crossed out his name and put yours! Okay, give me that. Give me that. Bonnie Gumble. Oh. <laughs> I love the the idea that Mo has the exact same enemies as Nixon. It's like uh, Mo doesn't really strike me as that conservative. He strikes me as more of a libertarian, uh, criminal, uh, libertarian <laughs> criminal. That's that's where I was going with that. <laughs> I I mean, again, we Homer doesn't he can't fathom that someone would be his enemy. Yeah, he, he doesn't understand what about himself is unlikable. Which I mean, I, I this is not that subtle, but a lot of this episode is directed to, like. Like people are, they're talking. The characters are talking ostensibly to each other, but really they're talking directly to us, the audience. Oh yeah, this is this is the most veiled fourth wall breaking ever. Yeah, for like the majority of this episode, it's really like they're they might as well be just like staring directly at the camera and talking directly to us. They're like, "Well, you, everyone likes Homer. That's his thing. Like above everything else, is Homer is likable." And yeah, if you don't like Homer, what's wrong with you? Yeah, what like and hey, Frank Grimes doesn't like Homer. You know, it's funny comparing Frank Grimes to Flanders. Like I feel like Flanders is the Simpsons version of Frank Grimes more so than Homer is because Flanders does work hard. Uh he he has a, a great family life, but he's he's the idealized version of Frank Grimes in that he turns the other cheek essentially. He's like, "Oh, Homer, he's kind of like Lenny and Carl, but you know, the more hardworking version, at least as far as we can tell. Uh, I mean, we talked about that when we watched Homer Loves Flanders. Yeah, exactly. That's that and same it, thing again. It, it's that same thing. And it feels, yeah, Flanders is the is as close as an adult, real world person could be. Like, he works hard, loves his family, uh, is a good person. 
And I think that's and, – and is incredibly patient with Homer, which – like, and Homer loves Landers, breaks him, because Homer actually tries to be his friend. Like, all the other times in The Simpsons – well, like, I don't know, 98% of the time in The Simpsons, Homer is antagonistic <laughs> towards Flanders. There's the, the odd episodes where they are friends. But most of the time, Homer's antagonistic towards him, and I think that's the thing that shields him, honestly, because it's at this point – that Homer is trying to win over Frank. He's trying to not be his enemy. He's trying to be good to him. And that is truly what ends up, I think, setting off Frank more than anything. Yeah. So it's funny. I feel like if if Homer had actually tried harder and, well, we'll get to Homer actually trying to be better at his job. <laughs> Homer just doesn't know how to. Uh, like maybe if he had come to Frank and been like, hey, I realize you don't like me for this. Help me. Maybe things would have been a little different. But that never would have occurred to Homer in a million years. I'm shaking so, my head. Anyway. That plays on podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so Mo suggests to Homer that he invites uh, Frank over for dinner. And then when he's sitting down, give him the old fork in the eye. Which what that about, probably would have worked, what about, I guess. But what about not using the fork in the eye? Well, there's a first time for everything, I guess. <laughs> so Homer decides to take Mo on his advice, except for the whole fork in the eye thing, and invites frank to dinner although he doesn't tell him it's dinner he just says hey i got a work thing i need help with which why frank says yes i can't imagine well i mean i he because he still values he values work because he values the important like even if he, he obviously it either intensely dislikes or hates homer at this point he still goes well it's about work i have to deal with him so i'll do it I feel like there are several uh, religious groups that Frank would fit very well into, uh, you know, Baptists or the Quakers or a group that prizes work above all else. I, that I, that I, seems like I, I think Frank honestly is too. I, I don't I think he's he would not work out in any any group that requires like I don't he doesn't he does not fit in with in Springfield, obviously. Anywhere. There's a lot of places he wouldn't fill in. Exactly. I mean, Frank's whole life is where that he feels like that's the only way he can contribute to his community and to his life. And that's not true at all. I mean, there's room for a few people like that in every community, but Springfield's got that taken, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the, the fellowship part, uh, he would fit like, I, he would not be like, uh, I, I don't think he could, he'd like, he doesn't understand like water cooler talk and the value of camaraderie at work and all that stuff. Uh, at all, and so I don't think he would work. He like any. I don't think he could. He can't. And I think that's a, also what this episode is kind of telling us is that he's an illusion. Like this, um, this idea of this. Um, Are the, you saying Frank Grimes was a ghost to begin with? He was a ghost the entire time. No, I. I mean, what he is the the American success story, the American dream is kind of at least, especially in this form. I mean, people obviously can be successful and pull themselves up from nothing. They do. There's a lot of people do that, but I don't think it works. It doesn't work like the way Frank works. This is not, it doesn't work the way people think it does. Yes, it's like this... there, there are other, a lot of other things that contribute to those success stories that you never know about. And I, and honestly, his kind of joyless joylessness, I think is only there so that we can, like if he was good natured, it wouldn't work because he becomes Flanders. And, and I think that's the pro like you can't, but, I don't know, even good-natured people, I think, would be challenged by working with Homer Simpson, regardless of of how good-natured they are. That's true. Uh, I mean, it's hard to be with Homer. It is. I, I'm, we need to... You, I, you have to have pulled the dinner clip, Matt. Please tell me you've pulled... Or at least 
Frank arriving and all that talk. I need to. You've had to have pulled that. Oh well, shucks, I, I didn't. Oh uh, wait, yes, I did. Okay, good. <laughs> it's kind of a long one, guys. So strap in. Welcome to the Simpson Residence, or Costa de Simpson, as I call it. <laughs> yeah, what did you want to see me about, Simpson? This better be important. It is, it is. But first, let me introduce you to my family. My perfect family. This is my wife, Marge. Hello. And our beautiful baby, my daughter, Lisa, IQ 156. Hi. See? And my son, Bart. He owns a factory downtown. How do you do? Uh, look, Homer, I- I'm late for my night job at the foundry, so if you don't mind telling me... Good heavens! This, this is a palace! How, can, how in the world can you afford to live in a house like this, Simpson? I don't know. Don't ask me how the economy works. Yeah, but look at the size of this place. I, I live in a single room above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley. Wow. I'm sorry, isn't that... Yeah, that's me, all right. And the guy standing next to me is President Gerald Ford. And this is when I was on tour with the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, and here's a picture of me in outer space. You went into outer space. You. Sure. You've never been? Would you like to see my Grammy Award? No, I wouldn't. God, I've had to work hard every day of my life. And what do I have to show for it? This briefcase and this haircut. And what do you have to show for your lifetime of sloth and ignorance? What? Everything! A dream house, two cars, a beautiful wife, a son who owns a factory, fancy clothes, and lobsters for dinner! And do you deserve any of it? No! (gasps) What are you saying? I'm saying you're what's wrong with America, Simpson. You coast through life, you do as little as possible, and you leech off decent, hard-working people like me. If you lived in any other country in the world, you'd have starved to death long ago. He's got you there, Dad. You're a fraud. A a total fraud. It was nice meeting you. So, there's Grimy spitting some hot truth in Homer's face. (laughs) I could talk for like three hours about this scene all by itself. Oh, yeah, easily. This is my, it's my favorite scene in in the whole show. It is my, this scene is my favorite thing the Simpsons have ever done. Well, because this scene in general is a complete critique of the average sitcom, essentially. Like this, this is this is comparing real America to what happens on television and why television is awful, but why television is also important uh, to the average person to to escape their lives. I feel like a lot of people have lives like Frank's and are resentful of that in the same way that he is. When they see people on TV having easier lives, and a lot of people. Middle America, especially, think that they should have lives like people on TV have, and they don't realize that no one has that life, really. I mean, a lot of people got ahead because of, you know, who their parents were or where they grew up and that sort of thing. And Homer is the epitome of that, but in a less realistic way, whereas other people feel like they've had lives like Frank Grimes, and then they're never going to get ahead no matter how hard they try. Because, honestly, a lot of them are putting, you know, their efforts in the wrong direction. They don't realize it. It's, yeah, everything you said, it is, it is kind of just ripping apart how television families work, how, how, when you look at like Married with Children or Roseanne, other shows of the Simpsons time period, who like the Simpsons were, were displaying blue collar families, you know, dysfunctional families, 
for the first, not only for the first time, but for the first time in mass, kind of, and in, in, in a popular form, and kind of in a, I don't know, it, it, it entered the zeitgeist, I think, officially at that time. And despite the fact that, yeah, they, especially early on in The Simpsons, and early, I mean, honestly, all those shows, as they got older, they kind of stopped paying attention to money and worries about you know, paying bills and all well, that. Well, yeah, stuff. because there, there are only so many episodes you can do when money is an obvious concern. Uh, after a while, you have to go, yeah, you know, whatever. Even Married with Children, uh, which I have been watching ever since our bonus episode on it. Uh, check it out, Patreon subscribers. Uh, uh, even after a while, even that show where the Bundys are supposed to be incredibly poor, like Al makes minimum wage, you know, three twenty-five an hour, working forty hours a week. There's so much stuff on that show that they could never ever get even close to doing but after a while they run like that limitation becomes too much for the writers and they have to just kind of ignore it yeah and but you look at their houses you look you like they all like all those families have cars and giant houses and have big families that they can all food they can all feed with no problem it's you know they we kind of accept these these I don't know, pretenses I, uh, about the show, but the Simpsons, if they were truly a lower middle class family, their house would be half that size. Like, m- I grew up, I had a sister. We shared a bedroom until I was a teenager. Oh, wow. So, like, I mean, and that's, like, that's what my fan, I, that's, I, reason I love the Simpsons so much. I feel like it, you know, that experience echoed, like, you know, I had baby boomer parents, and my dad was a, for a lot, large part of his career was lower middle class. And then as he got promoted and, and more, we left, left promoted. I don't understand that word. What does that mean? Uh, I mean, is that when you leave and get a better job somewhere else? Uh, no, uh, he, uh, he was, he was working when, uh, internal, uh, promotions and loyalty was rewarded, with bigger paychecks what? and more more responsibility. That doesn't sound like a thing. Not just You're more, lying. Not more responsibility with the same paycheck and then getting fired when someone else came along that's cheaper. Uh, huh. Which is a point I'm going to get to in a moment, actually, Matt. So I thank you for <laughs> for bringing that up. Um, but uh, like that's that was my experience is that I, until I was in in uh, basically late middle school and high school, I shared a bedroom with my sister. My parents did. We don't ha- we didn't have like a gigantic house that we could just luxuriate. We didn't have a, a den and a dining room and a kitchen and three bedrooms and a garage and a basement, which is like, and like that's Grimes is finally like re- bringing reality to the show. He's like, this is crazy. You went on tour with the smashing pumpkins. You've met these presidents. You have a giant mansion. Uh, your wife is gorgeous, which is a thing that, all of these shows just sweep aside and they're still doing it <laughs> where you have these average looking schlubby dudes who are, and let's be honest, very sub average sometimes. Yes. I, I mean like I am being actually pretty generous when I say average dudes. I mean like they're funny. And I think that's what in the end of the day is what and Homer's in, in often case is he is incredibly caring and innocent and loyal. Which is, I think, what... yeah, that's, all, that's all Homer has. He's yeah. not funny. No, Homer is not not funny in in. He's funny to us. He's not necessarily funny to Marge. But you look at all sitcoms from the beginning of television till today, and you have these average-looking guys and incredibly attractive wives, women that I. That... Occasionally, you'll have a, a good-looking, good-looking guy. I mean, um, 
Let's think. I'm waiting. The Dick Van Dyke show. He was a, he was an okay looking guy. Uh, Maybe a little better than average. Uh, I feel like Ty Barrett in uh, Modern Family. Pretty good looking guy. Dick Van Dyke is, for the archetype, is handsome. Dick Van Dyke ain't in Mary Tyler Moore's league. All right. Well, that's true. Mary Tyler Moore <laughs> is like off the scale. And Dick Van Dyke's like a seven. And yeah, he's incredibly yeah. charming and charismatic, which I think is also, you know, what carries a lot of these guys' characters. But it's just a thing that is never acknowledged. And Grimes just pointing out, like, as a throwaway line in this thing. Uh, it's it, it's just incredibly scathing and shocking. Like, I remember, I do remember the first time I saw this episode. And I was blown away by this. Because it is a thing that you never think about. And then Frank Grimes says it. And it is all I think about afterwards. Yeah, because you don't realize uh, it's like the old parable of a frog being boiled, which turns out is not true at all, by the way. Just for those of you who don't know, that that doesn't happen. And they tested it, you know, and the, the frogs jumped out very quickly. Uh, but the parable says that you can boil a frog and they won't notice. And that's kind of how we are with The Simpsons is we don't really notice how unreal it is until Frank Grimes says it to your face. And then you're like, oh, well, I still enjoy it, but now I'm thinking about it more, which yeah. is how we should all live our lives. No, I, yeah, I still, it does not, this does not ruin my enjoyment of The Simpsons, obviously, of, of all the other episodes that kind of, that very few acknowledge this, I don't know, this, this fundamental truth that we never talk about, that we can't talk about, because it, it breaks the show. And I, I, I think that's, Frank doesn't, he can't, he can't. Like, he, he dies at the end because literally the show cannot continue on with him in it. It is, like, when Homer is killing Frank, it is not Homer that does it. It is the Simpsons that kill Frank. Well, it's, it's Springfield. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's this universe. Like, literally, Frank got teleported into the Simpsons from an alternate universe and was incompatible. It's like the Martians in, um, uh, oh, God, the H.G. Wells War of the Worlds thing. That's the one, War of the Worlds. It's like he can't exist. The very bacteria of Springfield killed him. Also, Rose up against the Conqueror. And you, you mentioned, this is a thing that I think that shows a, a meaning that this episode, especially in this scene in particular, has taken on. And I think Frank Grimes' identity feels like it was prophetic in a certain way. And I, 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 I hesitate to even bring it up because I'm honestly a little tired of think pieces about millennials. Yeah. But Frank Grimes is basically a millennial place in the world of the baby boomers that is Homer and the Simpsons. Well, not only that, and I'm going to try not to come across as racist, but if, if you were to take Frank Grimes, age him down by about 15 years, tint his skin a little bit darker, and that would be the epitome of his speech right here. Say, look, you had everything handed to you. Uh, I know during Frank's speech, he he yells about how, what a palatial mansion the Simpson home is. And and you said the same thing and they have two cars. And like, uh, I saw an article that compared the, how much college and cars and houses cost compared to the average income of a high school graduate in like the seventies and eighties. And it was less than half of what it costs for any of those things today. So basically anyone who's trying to become an adult in the last 10 to 15 years has had to work so much harder than those who came before them. And basically Homer doesn't understand this, but obviously in the real world, the people in Homer's position are saying, why don't you work harder? And Frank Grimes is every person who's had to work 
extra hard because they weren't born into a position of privilege screaming back at him. And that's why I think Frank Grimes should be the the voice of a new generation. <laughs> There's not enough uh, memes. That's the the one thing that I don't think Frank Grimes is is capable like he's definitely not memeing enough. There's not enough meaningless like absurd ridiculous internet humor for Frank to truly represent millennials, but I think it, it is something completely unintentional. Like I don't they they did not see that coming or anything like that. But I just watching this episode Frank is also like me yelling at like the like 65 year old people are like no no more min- you can't raise the minimum wage well like I'm trying to like i'm never gonna how dare you want health care why haven't you bought a house yet do you not want to buy new cars why aren't you buying no diamonds? because they're way more expensive now why aren't you buying diamonds sears is going out of business oh, don't. don't you care uh no uh... not really um i mean and, and there's also i don't want to just make this episode all about the secret meanings it is also intensely funny I laugh every time I watch this episode. I and it it's the it's very little and oftentimes it is little subtle things like him going Lisa's IQ is 152 I think he says and uh, 156 156 and she goes hi and he goes see like Lisa saying <laughs> hi is it's like obviously she's so smart and and Bart even going he's got you there dad like, Bart is even, like, self-aware enough to know, like, yeah, Homer definitely didn't, like, he, Bart's totally kind of, I think in the whole family, honestly, they're like, oh, yeah, Frank, we got, we kind of get it. You understand. Like, Homer yeah. tries to meet their gaze, and they're just like, eh, I don't know about all that. You know, Frank was kind of right. Homer's like, he's wrong, right? And no one will agree with no, him. No one's like, eh, no, Dad. I just want to point out that Homer's little thing of, this is my son. He owns a factory downtown. That is every spoiled rich kid I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, they own this, a.k.a. Uh, we got it cheap for them, and it sounds important. Or, hey, you know, I, my dad gave me this great job that I don't have to actually do well, anything. He just pays me lots of money for i mean homer's house like and it's all these things have been built up over the years it's not like all this stuff happened at once which is i think why frank's speech works even better because when homer is for season one you'd be like yeah whatever obviously yeah but it's like you know homer we we've seen in flashbacks homer got his house because grandpa sacrificed you know we saw him charm marge we saw him enter into these crazy situations where he wins a Grammy, where he goes to space, where he meets presidents and all those things happen one at a time over eight years. And it doesn't seem nearly as, I mean, obviously we've been kind of tracking the show's descent into more absurdity and more, you know, crazy situations and, and things that are definitely not believable. And that would never happen to a normal family, but none of it, we haven't ever seen it all kind of added up and summarized in such a way like this, where we see, oh, right, Homer has done all these things. And th- and later on, as the show ages, they are more self-referential. Like, I remember the time they list off all of Homer's jobs. It's, okay, you know, okay, real quick, real quick. Clip show idea for you. The ghost of Frank Grimes comes and rails against all of the too easy stuff that has happened to Homer for 20 minutes. Would you watch that? I probably would. I, I, pr- I probably, <laughs> I would watch it for sure. I would definitely watch it. But I don't think it would. I don't think they could do it justice because it was. I like 
I'm kind like they talk about how Frank they're kind of sad that they killed him off because they he's like such a rich character and so interesting in contrast to the Simpsons. But I'm glad he died. I'm glad he existed for one episode because I don't as I mean as much as I love this episode, I don't want it to happen again and again. I think it said it what it had to say. And then you move on. Yeah. To his kid. Well, I, hey, 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 I'm not, I'm no Frank Grimes Jr. <laughs> apologist, all right? When we eventually get there, I will say my piece about... Oh, man, I can't wait for that about rant. Frank what Grimes Jr., but I'm talking about Frank Grimes, the one and what... And, hey, second, what are you talking about, Frank Grimes Jr.? Who is that, Matt? <laughs> hey, that guy sucks. Who is he again? I don't remember who you're talking about. <laughs> I, uh-huh. He exists in the same way Rocky V exists. I, I don't I don't recall any Rocky Five. Precisely. Precisely. <laughs> okay. Uh hey, by the way, we're still summarizing the episode. Oh right, oh right. We're in the act two. We're almost we're almost uh, two thirds of the way. That's right. Uh we go back to the funny part of the episode, which is Bart and Millhouse with uh, playing around in the factory. They discover a whole bunch of adding machines, industrial waste, which when you combine one with the other, it's a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of fun fumes to inhale. Uh, we then go back to Homer, uh, who is sulking in the house, or actually in the car, and he doesn't want to go to work because of what happened with Frank. And Marge tries to cheer him up, essentially, but all it succeeds in doing is Homer thinking that, oh, no, my life hasn't been charmed. It's his fault. He's crazy. I can't imagine this happening in real life. Someone who's had a charmed life blaming the person who's worked hard when they're pointed out. Nah, that would never happen. What, uh, so Homer determines what, that. What, what are you? What are you talking about, Matt? Nothing. Nothing at oh, all. Oh, okay. Uh, just Got a it. thought experiment. Oh, it it okay. fails. All right. Uh, Perfect. Uh, uh, Homer declares Frank to be a crazy nut, chugs a beer, and goes to work, and then devotes himself to being a better worker. So. I guess something got through to Homer a little bit, uh, but it, it didn't work. Well, I, um, I, I mean, I think that this is Homer trying. This is what that's. This is what this looks like, right? It doesn't. It's just like in Homer Loves Flanders. When Homer tries, it gets a million times worse. Yes, exactly. It, it is, and also is a thing about, like that is more evidence against the Homer is a jerk thing. I think it Homer might be like driving Frank Grimes insane. I mean, like I'm not saying he's not, but. It's not because he's being mean. It's because he's actually trying to be a good worker. He just doesn't know what that is and what that looks like. And his idea of that is it, eating donuts with a knife and fork. Yeah. And and saying that they should continue their conversation during, you know, break times, which I don't know. I Frank has up to this point in the episode been just a spitting ball of hatred at Homer because of what Homer has earned. And I think that's one of the reasons some people – end up not liking him is because Frank never really gives Homer a chance. Like at this point, he Frank, if he was even a mildly compassionate person, could say, okay, he's trying. I'll give him a shot. But instead we get this. Hey, what do you got against Homer anyway? Are you kidding? Uh, does this whole plant have some disease where it can't see that he's an idiot? Uh, look here. Accidents have doubled every year since he became safety inspector and, and meltdowns have tripled. Has he been fired? No. Has he been disciplined? No, no. Ah, everybody makes mistakes. That's why they put erasers on pencils. Yeah, Homer's okay. Give him a break. No, Homer is not okay. And I want everyone in this plant to realize it. I would die a happy man if I could prove to you that Homer Simpson has the intelligence of a six-year-old. Which I don't think he really needs to prove that to anyone. Everyone's pretty much come to grips with that. I, well, but I, yeah. I, I don't think Frank understands that people know. 
I think I think that's yeah. okay. the, that's the thing. Everyone knows, and they don't care, or they have some emotional connection or or, or mm, emotional preoccupation, essentially, with the way things are, and they don't want it to change. That's Frank Grimes' problem; is he doesn't realize that he's also kind of a jerk because he's not even willing to let Homer try. That's 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 a different avenue to go down. Uh, well, but I mean, those are his two main failings. I don't think. I think Frank just doesn't understand that Homer is is trying. I think that he doesn't understand how someone could be like Homer Simpson, which is this person who makes these incredibly stupid mistakes and then tries to make up for them by making more, like just by trying really hard, not necessarily That's doing true. better, but trying really hard. And Frank has been trying the first failure, especially with Homer. Yes. And Frank has been trying his whole life. So Homer just suddenly turning it on, I think is probably even more offensive to him. He's like, well, that is why now, why are you starting now? Why didn't you do it from the beginning? I think like, it doesn't true. Like it's like arguing about, I think that yes, Frank is a, a little bit of a jerk here. I think Homer's also a little bit of a jerk here, but I don't think either of them are like, necessarily quote-unquote wrong it's that they are just antithetical to each other they 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 are but i feel like in order to have a well-functioning society yes homer should have tried sooner but you have to give people the benefit of the doubt uh and and when homer starts to try it's up to everyone to let him try and maybe help him a little bit otherwise society doesn't work and that's that's why Frank can exist in this society and probably shouldn't exist in the real world, to be 100 percent honest, because if you had this horrible person who done terrible things, if Mr. Burns was in the real world doing horrible things and then one day had a change of heart and said, oh, I'm going to try and be nice. Now, obviously, you're going to treat him with a little bit of skepticism, which is the correct response to say, hey, Homer's trying. Mr. Burns is trying. Let's keep an eye on this. But you have to at least let them try the first time. I mean, and that's my big problem with Frank here. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to, but you should. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're I, a jaded, cynical, evil person, well, I mean, you don't have to let them try. No, well, Grimes, Frank is – we've seen all the things he's gone through. He has no patience for this stuff because he hasn't had the time. He doesn't have pa- – like, he's an impatient man. I'm not I'm, – he has flaws, which is why he's an interesting character. If he was just, like, an actual perfect person, he'd be Flanders. Well, no, I'm saying is I don't want him to be a perfect person. I just wanted him – and obviously the episode wouldn't work if this were true. So, you know, I don't really want this. But if he were a real character, he have to get to give Homer a smidgen of the doubt, and he doesn't do that. And that's why his character works is because – Well, I, you, well, I, I mean, frankly, frankly, he, he literally <laughs> walked up to Homer and said, hey, please don't eat my lunch. It's my lunch. It has my name on it. And Homer took several more bites out of it and then put it back into his bag and then tried to fish it out of the trash can. I'm I'm just saying if that was in me, in my situation, if I went to my first day at the job and this dude who already was annoying me and then I went to go eat my lunch and my lunch was gone, he ate it in front of me. And then when I told him, please, no, he continued to eat in front of me. I probably wouldn't be giving him any more slack. You know, Robbie, in, in some ways, you and I are very different people. And regardless of how he behaved, I'd be like, eh, I think I'm done giving this guy any more room. I don't care how much he's trying, quote unquote. It's probably why I, 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 like I said, I'm way more Frank Grimes than I am Homer Simpson. 
That's true. Uh, although I think we got all use a little more Flanders, to be honest. Uh, I, I would just like to point out that anyone who's who's ever not felt the Frank Grimes rage, just think back to the last time you were in traffic. Not stop, standstill traffic, but, you know, kind of a little stop and go and think about how mad you were at everyone around you. Now, That's my, Frank now, Grimes. I, I don't, traffic isn't, I don't, I don't equate Frank Grimes rage to traffic. I think Frank Grimes rage, I equate to when you're behind someone at either a checkout or an ATM and they're trying to operate the machine and it is taking way, way longer than it should. I don't know what we're talking about anymore, Matt. I I believe I believe uh Frank Grimes is trying to prove that Homer is as smart as a six year old. It's true. And Frank Grimes uses his amazing graphical design skills, a.k.a. taking a poster for a kid's contest to build a nuclear power plant and just cutting some freaking holes in it. I mean, you could at least copy it onto a new sheet of paper so there's a whole piece of paper. But maybe he just realized that's not necessary with Homer. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's, that's – I mean, it. Frank knows who he's doing with. Yeah, he's like no, – any other person would be like, why are there holes in this paper but not Homer? Homer's like, oh, a contest. Obviously, I will get started on this I mean, right away. Mysterious Voyage of Homer, there's literally a part of the newspaper missing, and he doesn't – he's just like, oh, this is weird, and just keeps going. Like, he doesn't – Yeah, that's true. That's a very Homer thing to do. Exactly. It's callback even. Uh, of course. Uh, so – Grimes sees this and begins to laugh maniacally uh, because obviously it works. Homer leaves work because why would you stay at work until the end of the day, even if you had something exciting to do? Uh, Frank does his evil villain laugh and then immediately has it cut short when, as Homer is leaving, he runs into Frank's car in his parking spot, with, which at least Frank got his own parking spot with his name on it. I mean, quite frankly, I don't know how much he's getting paid, but he's at least getting some perks. Just saying. Also, also Lenny Frank's, has no last name. Yeah, all the spots have last names except for Lenny's. Lenny is just Lenny. It's well, kind of like Cher. Yeah, I was gonna say Lenny's like Cher, Madonna, Prince. He's just Lenny. He's 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 he, not yet, he's not yet a symbol. His but, you know, his identity his identity is undeniable. When you say Lenny, you immediately go Lenny. You immediately go, hey, that guy with the the plastic surgery and the uh, diamond in his belly button. Yeah, that guy. What what happens, Matt? And then then we go to commercial. Oh, okay. Hey, Act Three. Uh, Only an hour and a half in. We got one way to go. Uh, Homer locks himself in the basement to work on the contest. Genius at work, even he says on a sign on the front of it, on the front uh, front on the door of the basement. Uh huh. And uh, lots of noises, destruction, uh, exclamations emerge. From the basement, Homer's obviously very hard at work. Uh, Lisa asks if she can help. Marge is like, "No, your your father has it has it taken care of. It's probably very dangerous." And then he, of course, at, at perfect timing, comes up, asks for it, if they have any what sparkles and macaroni elbow elbow macaroni. Well, yeah, I mean, you you can't have make a super serious model without those things. Of course, uh, we cut back uh, to Millhouse guarding the factory. Uh, because Bart has assigned him the, the night watchman position because someone has to watch it, the factory at night. He gets some of that rat coffee. That's really good for you. Perks you up. Oh, yeah. Gotta love that rat coffee. Um, but unfortunately, when Bart shows up the next day, the factory has uh, crashed to the ground. How could you let this happen? You were supposed to be the night watchman. I was watching. I saw the whole thing. First it started falling over, then it fell over. Wow. 
I wonder where all the rats are going to go. Okay, everybody tuck your pants into your socks. It's <laughs> good advice. Yeah, I mean, all the time. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just like daily living advice. Honestly, tuck your pants into your socks. Uh, so basically the end of the B plot, you know, nice wrapped up in a little tight little bow. All the rats are now living at Moe's, of course. Uh, we cut back over to it, the power plant competition, the, the model power plant competition we have. We see a, a couple of the actual children's entries. We see Ralph's, which is just a Malibu Stacy house, Malibu Stacy dream house that he has relabeled. Yes. I love Mr. Burns' objection to this is there are too many creature comforts. <laughs> I, I mean... A hot tub? I, I think... Well, we'll get there. Martin's comes next, and it is actually a functional power plant. It is powering the room, which is incredibly Where did impressive. Where plutonium for that, really? Mm. He has connections. Mm-hmm. Or, or did he build the world's first uh, cold fusion power plant? Think about that. I don't think cold fusion is actually possible, Matt. Well, let's see. You're probably right. Uh, he, he probably built a Tuckamack reactor. I don't know what that means, but okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Yes, it is a magnetic containment but fusion. But it is it, the design is cold and sterile. No love. Yeah, yeah, cold and sterile, aka futuristic and awesome. <laughs> I'm kind of done with that kind of design, honestly. In our in my, our future, uh, it's very. I mean, it's not really that futuristic. It just it resembles kind of Soviet design. Big, giant, square, ugly buildings. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Even beautiful uh, buildings. <laughs> Uh, and Martin's also turned down. And then we have our, I guess, the final contestant, and it's Homer. Um, Homer wins. Let's have the next child. Look, everybody. Simpson's in a contest with children. Hey, shh. You're making us miss the contest. Could you explain your model, young man? What's to explain? He's an idiot. Pipe down. Well, basically, I just copied the plant we have now. Hmm. Then I added some fins to lower wind resistance, and this racing stripe here I feel is pretty sharp. Agreed. First prize. What? Way to go, Homer. You're number one, Homer. But it, it, this was a contest for children. Yeah, and Homer beat their brains out. <laughs> See, I feel like at this point, I mean, this is kind of what happens, but Frank should realize... They're treating him as a child. They've they've come to like I, I guarantee you Homer's console is not actually hooked up to anything, which makes <laughs> Homer Defined a far more interesting episode. But you know, maybe they did it after Homer Defined. Yeah, I mean, really, Homer only got that job as uh, Mr. Burns uh, is conciliation to the strike or the uh, protest against his power plant. So uh, I really doubt that. It's ever really been hooked up to anything. I think after Bart on the Road, when they replaced it, they just never hooked up the second, the, the new that one. That sounds about right. They just plugged in power, but not the actual like yeah. data lines. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like the lights turn on and they blink and stuff. But and maybe when, when Homer plugs in, plugs in random USB drives with movies and malware, it doesn't hit the rest of the plant. He's air gapped out. Yes. All those USB drives Homer carries. Well, hey, he has an iPhone in, or, uh, uh, oh gosh, what do they call it in the new episodes? Um, a Mapple something or other. Well, you know, all the USB drives that are compa- compatible yeah, with yeah. iPods. Sorry. Well, I'm, I'm sure Homer at some point has been like, I want to watch a movie on my desk at work. <laughs> he would just have his, his own phone. Uh, but yeah, everyone, I mean, everyone does treat Homer like a child. Uh, and the, I mean, this point on, Frank is not talking to the power plant. Frank is talking to us. 
Frank is speaking, he might as well just be looking directly into the camera and talking about Homer. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, this is, this is, hey, fourth wall, I'm going to punch you in your face. I mean, it does, I mean, obviously Homer and Mr. Burns and the rest of the people are just kind of there. So yeah, he's talking to them, but he's really talking to us and like saying, what is, how can you enjoy this? You watch this every week. This man is a monster. Uh, I, this is, I didn't want to cut any of this. So this is like the entire end of the episode, but I just love it. It's Frank ranting, uh, Frank going crazy, Frank killing himself. And then Frank's funeral. I can't stand it any longer. This whole plant is insane. Insane. I tell you. I can be lazy too. Look at me. I am a worthless employee. Just like Homer Simpson. Give me a promotion! Ooh, I eat like a slob, but nobody minds. I'm peeing on the seat. Give me a raise! Now I'm returning to work without washing my hands. But it doesn't matter, because I'm Homer Simpson! I don't need to do my work, because someone else will do it for me. Do, do, do! Hey, you okay, Grimy? I'm better than okay. I'm Homer Simpson. <laughs> you wish. Oh, hi, Mr. Burns. I'm the worst worker in the world. Time to go home to my mansion and eat my lobster. What's this? Extremely high voltage. Well, I don't need safety gloves because I'm Homer Simpson. Frank Grimes, or grimy as he liked to be called, taught us that a man can triumph over adversity. And even though Frank's agonizing struggle through life was tragically cut short, I'm sure he's looking down from him right now. Change the channel, Marge! (laughs) That's our homer! That's our homer, all right. uh, And yeah, also, of course, Frank's body is, is the coffin is being lowered into the ground as everyone is laughing. It is an incredibly dark ending. I make no bones about it, but I still love it. I, I think that Frank's Frank's in breaking down his breakdown and his 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 insanity is. I think about like the voice, like the way Hank is there. He's like, bah, just these like exclamations of noise. It's not even like he's saying anything. It's just like, ah, I well, can't. he's had a psychotic break at this point. You can't blame him. No, I can't. And I love the way they animate him, tr- him eating the donuts, him, like how he's like imitating Homer. He doesn't, he's just like, sm- he's just hitting himself in the face with donuts. He's not really chewing or eating them. He's just like, nom, nom. and the noise, oh, it's so good. It really, it it sells everything that's happening here. Uh, and it is really, it's just the final exclamation point of, on this entire episode. It is, how can you idolize this man? How can you make this man, this type of person, one of the most famous characters in the world? How can you like him so much? He's terrible. And yet everyone still loves him. Exactly. Like, I, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I feel like the, the the Frank Grimes rant is all about like, how can you like this person at the end? 
they basically answer their own question. It's like you like him because it's good to laugh at him. Like you, you, you give him something to do in your life that's not that important. You don't plug in his console. You don't listen to him. You occasionally hang out with him because he does funny stuff and doesn't mind when you laugh at him. That They're like, we figured this out. Like we asked you this question and we're going to answer it right here. Yeah, it's he's funny and lovable and innocent and just not compatible with a person like Frank Grimes. Their existence at the same, they cancel, one of them has, they can't exist at the same time. One of them has to go and it's Homer's show. (laughs) No, no, I didn't, uh, uh, wait, Robbie, uh, I think you're confused. After this, it became the Frank Grimes show, right? I don't want to, I don't don't want to watch the Frank Grimes show. Be perfectly honest. (laughs) The late nineties were gritty enough as it was. I love, I love Frank Frank Grimes. I love Frank Grimes, but I don't want Frank Grimes written by Frank Miller. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> literally, I literally. This is what I said earlier. I this is the perfect amount of Frank Grimes. This is this episode. I think says exactly as much as it, it goes as long as it needs to. I think the B plot is purposeful and and a good way of of cutting kind of the the extremely hard edge of the Frank Grimes A plot in a lot of ways. I think it is the right amount of of kind of metatextual examination. I think that. You don't need to do more than this. I think no. if I think if you're anything gonna, would hurt. what were you say? What you say, man? I didn't hear you. Anything more than this would hurt. Like you, it would make you think too hard about the Simpsons. You don't need more than that. No, I think this is exactly the right amount. I think that ultimately, ultimately, I think this episode is the thesis of the Simpsons. I think that this, I. Frankly, I would have, I wouldn't, this should be the last episode. Like, which, it, 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 again, they thought it was going to be. <laughs> in, the, in a perfect world, I think, or the, the next to last episode. You know, I, I think that it, it, everything, everything before this, like, The Simpsons, I love this, we all love The Simpsons for a lot of different reasons. And I think, you know, we talk about that a lot and like the incredible amount of variety that it provides. It provides amazing comedy. Uh, touching, heartwarming family moments, like political and cultural commentary, uh, just sheer kind of, uh, I don't know, just ama- like top-notch quality of performance, of skill, like of, you can see it in the writing, in the animation, in the voice acting. All of those things are like, you can just kind of marvel at like, wow, that's a really incredible performance. That's really incredible writing. That's really, that looks beautiful. And all of those things, I think, add up to The Simpsons being a, like a meditation on culture and a meditation on television. Like it's true. I I feel like you know the old saying. I think it's six seasons in a movie. I feel like The Simpsons were eight seasons in a movie because if you had this episode as the end of season eight, and then you had The Simpsons movie, that would have been. I feel like the perfect arc for the show. I'm I'm glad that w- that's not true because I still enjoy the Simpsons most of the time, uh, especially some of the seasons coming up shows. They still had the chops, but I feel like if you had done that people, it would have ended and people would have been happy. Yeah. And I mean, like we're satisfied at least. Yeah. I don't, you're never, everyone's not always going to be happy. <laughs> it's impossible to make people happy. Uh, like there are no sh- n- there's no television before the simpsons or really since that i think have used cult- cultural reference as, as as 
well and as me in as in meaningful way as the Simpsons have. You know, we talk about the Simpsons referencing music and movies and 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 books and culture in ways that and in a lot of references we don't understand until later or they they in fact teach us about the the idea of a movie and we watch it later and we go, "Oh, that's where they got it from." But and they but they pull on those things in with purpose, not just empty references like in Big Bang Theory or Family Guy, which I think oftentimes just throw out those things so that we have an idea. Oh, yeah, they're like us because they know those things exist. Um, and all those things, I think, add up into kind of an examination of culture. And by structuring the show the way they, they, they chose to when they started, by having the nuclear family, two and a half kids, having mm-hmm. Homer and Marge be baby boomers, be high school sweethearts. Be Homer being, uh, you know, Marge is a homemaker. Homer goes to work, wears the pants, quote unquote. <laughs> you know, except for the underwear, it's strictly a comfort thing. Uh, exactly. I, those are all purposeful decisions. By making the Simpsons in the mold of that legacy of sitcom families, you draw that comparison immediately. And as you go on and follow a, a kind of familiar arc of many shows where they start out more down to earth and then get a little bit more crazy, a little bit more ridiculous, The Simpsons went further and The Simpsons did more. And The Simpsons, more often than not, played off of and subverted our expectations of television. They zigged, they zigged when we expected them to zag. We, they, when we expect the cheesy happy ending, they give us... A, a big laugh or something that subverts that trope every step of the way. And every time they did that, it told us something about how television works, about how shows like this work, about how art works, about how we view art. And by this episode so strongly shining a spotlight on this strange schism between what Homer and Frank Grimes, I don't know how they interact and how they work and how they don't work. It is, I think, shining that same spotlight on how television works, why we like Homer, why Homer works so well as a character, and yet also how television is not real life and how any attempt to make it is foolhardy and is never, is, and if someone's saying that, oh, these families are real, that these family, it, you know, it makes you think of the complaints about the Simpsons in the early days, uh, you know, with the rivalry with George Bush, H.W. Bush, about him, that we need more families like uh, the Waltons. The Waltons. And how out of touch that is, and how great, like, how it seems like a lot of people base their opinion about how real people act on uh, these model families that you see on television, which are never real. And this episode more than anything tells us all that and much more. It is about how we view shows and challenges the notion of how we watch TV and what we expect from it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Frank is really the perfect adding anyone from a, a real world into the Simpsons is, is a good way to highlight those kind of things. And, and this episode does it best. And it's one of those things where after this episode, they can't really do something like that again, because 
they've already perfected it. Like you, you can't add a real world person. So things just have to get wackier from here on out. You know, the principal and the pauper. <clears throat> hey, it's, I'm, I'm interested to discuss the principal and the pauper. I think I like it more than most people, but <laughs> it, it does. It certainly has problems, but uh, I, I like Frank Grimes is the true antagonist. He's in, yeah. he's exactly in one episode of the show. Mr. Burns is, you know, they, we talk about Mr. Burns and Sideshow Bob being the, probably the, you know, the two biggest antagonists in the show, the villains, but not really. They enable the Simpsons as much as anything. They keep the show running. They, their behavior is in line with Homer's in most ways. Frank Grimes. Yeah is the true antagonist. He is truly the, he is, he is the true enemy to not just Homer, but to the Simpsons and the Simpsons kill him. Well, you know, the Simpsons have killed a lot of people unintentionally, I think. True. But I think they did it out of their own, for their own survival. This is, this is all just kind of metaphor and, mm -hmm. and, and kind of, and kind of wankery, but honestly, but I still enjoy it. Uh, it's a, it's a masterpiece. There's, there's, I, one of our, my favorite episodes, Mission Say, it's one of the best pieces of comedy, television comedy ever. And I agree. It is, yeah, uh, I think yeah. it is, frankly, the best half hour of television that has ever been produced. I, you can't, and I, there's been a lots of great television, and The Simpsons alone has created a lot of it. But I, I don't think anything speaks to me more, makes me laugh, makes me smile, makes me think more than this episode it is it is it is ever, all television before this episode i felt i feel like all television leading up to this episode this is like not even just a thesis on the simpsons it is a thesis on television up to 1997 and i don't well I, yeah i mean like you said this is a, an indictment i don't know if i'd say indictment but a an analysis of television versus the real world yeah and i i love it I love it. Every time I watch it, I go, well, maybe I won't like it as much this time. Maybe I'll, I'll have changed somehow, you know, subtly, and it will, won't hit back me the same way. Nope, not, it, I, it hasn't happened yet. I think I like it more than I ever have, which is crazy, but true. <laughs> Anything else you want to add, man? No, I, I think two hours in, I think we, we've talked as much as we should about it. It's only been an hour and 52. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, we will rank it at the end of the show. See where it goes. Uh, next up, we have submissions from my favorite episode. A fair few of these, Matt. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not either. Uh, first from Eric. Hey, Robbie, Matt, I've been waiting for this moment. My favorite episode is unquestionably Homer's Enemy. It is the perfect episode for so many reasons, one being that it creates a beautiful dichotomy of someone normal, like Frank Grimes, living in the real world and being appalled by Homer's lifestyle as I imagine anyone would, while the supporting characters think nothing of Homer's actions because it's their normal. My friends and I constantly quote the episode, my favorite being Smithers, bring me that dog. I want to make him my junior vice president. Also, the ending of Change the Channel, Marge, following by laughter as Gr at Grimes' funeral is so perfect in establishing that Homer's irreverent behavior is embraced in The Simpsons' world. Homer's Enemies is hands down my go-to episode to show people that are unfamiliar with the show. Yet another reason why it's my favorite episode. Keep up the great work, fellas. Thanks, Eric. From Ryan. Hello, Robbie and Matt. My submission for my favorite episode is Homer's Enemy. The character of Frank Grimes is fantastic. His outward appearance, short hair, a short-sleeved collared work, short, work shirt, black tie, and gray slacks all exemplify the no-nonsense, nine-to-five, workman-like attitude he possesses. Not only is aesthetic experience worth praise, aesthetic appearance worth praise, but also his character as a whole. 
through the episode, we first begin to sympathize with Grimes as he pulls himself out of, to say the least, adverse circumstances through little more than personal determination and gumption. And what is his reward for all this struggle? To quickly lose the respect and admiration of Mr. Burns and to be relegated to working alongside Homer. In the end, however, Grimes' mental breakdown shows how absurd the world of The Simpsons is and how no normal person could possibly cope with it. I also really like the characterization of Homer in this episode. While Homer is manifestly, manifestly incompetent, pouring water over his control panel to resolve the 5 to 13, completely oblivious, nearly imbibing a beaker of sulfuric acid, and rather inconsiderate, taking a few last bites of grime sandwich before relinquishing the bag, I cannot stay angry with Homer. He never harbors any ill will towards Grimes, and is distraught when he earns when he learns that Grimes does not like does not like him. With the best of intentions, he opens his home to Grimes, only to be rebuffed yet again. I really like this side of Homer. It shows that while he can be boastful and considerate at times, he can be also extremely insecure and go to great lengths to have people like him. To me, this episode speaks to, argue, to the arguable unfairness of our economic system, where some, through pure coincidence and happenstance, reap great rewards, while others who have done everything quote-unquote right get no such reward. Oh, and this episode has one of my favorite scenes wherein Homer enters the competition intended for children, mind you, to design a model nuclear power plant proceeds to beat their brains out and is lauded by his boss and colleagues. The entire scene is pure comedic gold. Many thanks for all the wonderful episodes. Uh, from Wayne, firstly, love the pod, really helping me rekindle my love for the Simpsons after not much caring for the more recent seasons. Yeah, it's understandable. You've already gone past a, a lot of my favorite episodes. I discovered the pod a little late, but I have to say Homer's, Homer's enemy. I love the entire premise and an outsider with, with an unbiased, impartial, and objective view comes in and can't understand why everyone loves Homer and how he got to where he is. Betrays Homer as a happy-go-lucky fellow that hasn't ha hasn't got a bad thing to say about anyone. It really emphasizes a point you've made previously about Homer's dumb luck. The scene with the kids' power plant building contest where Homer somehow wins and everyone loves it, leaving Martin crushed, his working power, his working plant loss is hysterical. This then leads into one of my favorite sketches: the grimy doing stupid things because I'm Homer Simpson. Yeah, you wish. Burns plays a great part too in the opening act, bringing Frank to the plant, and then getting bored and asking Smithers to get the dog. Uh, big shout out to all Trios of Horrors, Radioactive Man, and Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Uh, this is from Daniel. Uh, hey guys, I feel like this episode is probably going to have a lot of my favorite episodes responses. True. So I'll try yeah. to keep this as brief as I can. What strikes me as special about this episode in particular is just how easily this entire concept could not have worked. A single misstep in the way Frank Grimes or Homer were written and the entire episode would probably have been scrapped entirely. At this point in the series, we've grown up with Homer and his antics for eight years. So we've grown connected to him to the point that we're somewhat, somewhat disconnected just how absurd his reality is. Frank Grimes enters as a sobering reminder of the insanity that is life in Springfield. Well, at first we might think very little of Grimes. He does serve as the idea of one of a, as, serve as the idea of a person from the real world, real world entering the surreal world of the Simpsons. And the truth is, any one of us would probably lose our minds if we were in his shoes. The humor of the episode depends on him being a jerk to Homer, though. Make him too relatable, and then it goes from gallows humor to pure cynicism. Homer is also perfectly realized in this episode. This isn't the jerk Homer we've seen a few times in the past. He's a well-meaning, and from our perspective, lovable oaf. Little touches like the way he just looks dejected when Grimes tells him they're enemies, and twiddles, in th twiddles in his thumbs and asks, do I have to do anything? Or the way he bashfully smiles at his family after Grimes calls him a fraud in front of them, as though looking for reassurance from them, before once again feeling dejected. Show Homer is a kind-hearted person who isn't used to being outright hated, and doesn't understand what he did wrong. It's clear that he truly does not want to be friends with Frank Grimes, but he's frankly too stupid to ever really find any common ground with a very no-nonsense perfectionist. This is honestly as brief as I can make this. I, I understand. I could probably write an entire <laughs> thesis on this episode as I personally view it to be one of the greatest works of comedy in television history. I, I agree. Uh, from YouTubed. Hi, Matt and Robbie. Since you're nearing the best episode ever from the best season ever, I thought I'd chime in. Homer's Enemies is hands down my favorite episode of the series, even back when it first premiered. Jerk-ass Homer was in full effect and over-exaggerated, but I understood why. 
Watching Frank's arms reaction to Homer buffoonery never gets old. We're also given classic lines like, eats like a duck, Pins, pigs tend to chew. Homer nonchalantly asking Grimes he's never been to space. And of course, Grimes saying he lives below and above bowling alleys. Of course, the freak out and subsequent death at the end of funeral closing the episode wraps it up nicely. Overall, a fantastic, timeless episode from the best season ever. There you go, Matt. That was it. That's all? That's My it. goodness, yeah. I thought we still had 20 more minutes of uh, favorite episodes. No, I, I, I like, all again... All, very thoughtful and recent responses and I appreciate all of them. If you have a submission for my favorite episode, uh, send it in. SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. And when we get to the episode, I'll read it on the air. We can move on, Matt. Yay! <laughs> it's time for our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive Comments from the news group. It's right. comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group and see what people are talking about. Week or two after an episode debuted, see what they thought about the episode, anything interesting that pops up. Uh, I think I there's a lot of people at the time that immediately got it, and a lot of people at the time that immediately did not get it. What, like, what did they not get about it is what I don't understand. They thought, I mean, the, some people absolutely, like, lots of A pluses, which you don't, we haven't seen, I haven't seen that in a long time. Like, you see, like, no, A's no. and B's, people are like, yeah, it's good, but very few, like, this is amazing. And there's a lot of those. There's also a lot of this is the word. This is a, a travesty. This is a sham. This is a D and F. This is terrible. And I think it's like they complain about it being dark. I mean, it is dark. I mean, well, yeah, it has to be to work. Uh, they talk about Homer being a jerk and being a monster and or Frank being a jerk and being a monster. <laughs> and but I mean, they are to each other kind of. Like, True. I mean, the, the things these people are saying are not wrong, but do you feel I, like they missed the point? Yes. I mean, I I mean, I guess they don't enjoy that, and that's fine. It's, you're, yeah, I, that's what I was thinking about when when right before we came to this, I, I was trying to decide like who would not like this episode, and I feel like people who are too much like Homer or Frank and go to entertainment like this for their escape probably would not like this being pointed out to them. No, this is not like an escapist episode of The Simpsons. This is not Marge vs. the Monorail. This is like it is definitely like the most meta one. It is the one that is it breaks the reality of the Simpsons. I mean, and if you don't want your show to you know look at you in the eye and tell you that it's all fake, you're probably not going to like it, regardless of how smart it is and how well it's created. Eh, so I, I mean, I don't think we're on the record. Like, you don't have to like anything. It's not. You know, I a lot of these people, I think, would have been happier if they had stopped watching. Yeah, it's like, all right, you know what, season eight, I'm done. It's, this feels like the end of the show. It is for me. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. Uh, also, uh, lots of debate about everything. Like, really, and, and relatively real reason, uh, smart debate amongst the anger and the constant trolls. Um, you know, there were people on there who were smart and were like, this. what about this? What about this? What about, you know, back and forth about Frank, about Homer, about their relationship, about... Like, even then, immediately they realized, you know, this is, this is like, at, even at the time, after right after the episode debuted, they were like, well, yeah, this show, this obviously is talking about the show and about television. And there's a lot of pretty reasonable responses about that, uh, much longer than, I mean, we have just already spent two hours talking about it. The other interesting thing I found on here about was how they marketed this episode, which they marketed it like Frank and Homer were like an odd, the odd couple. Oh wow, that that seems like a really bad way. Which of, is of marketing this episode. really dishonest. Uh, like this, like I understand. Like I don't. If you're trying to sell this, like, hey, you you have 15 seconds to sell this episode, like after a football game. Hey, stick around, watch 
The Simpsons or on Wednesday night or something and you have like a 30 second spot. Here's what this episode is about. It doesn't really lend itself to like a quick synopsis that un- that makes you understand what this episode is about because it re- this episode I think is amazing and is my favorite. However, it is really rely I think it relies a lot on you understanding how the Simpsons work. And if you don't like it, you're just like I don't how you advertise this to someone who's never watched the Simpsons before. You can't really. I mean, the only thing I have to say is that Homer has finally met his greatest enemy, Frank Grimes. There, and then I, maybe a quick a quick clip of, you know, all the horrible things that has Frank's life, like the, the Kent's people clip at the beginning. I th- well, I think you're already smarter than the marketing people in 1997, Matt. But I, I don't, again, they, I think most Simpsons episodes are really easy to advertise because a lot of them yeah. are like, what happens if a monorail goes up and there's a, the con, there's a con man selling them the, the the town of Monorail, or what happens if Mr. Burns blots out the sun? It's really like easy things like that. Is this one's like, oh, what if the guy from the real world showed up in the show and kind of broke television? What do you? That's not really like an easy thing to sell to somebody who just does want kind of escapist television. But I think that's just still really dishonest, and they probably should have just not aired something like that. But whatever. Yeah. Uh. I enjoyed it, but I think I enjoy any talk about this episode because I think it's really interesting and I think still relevant, if not more relevant, twenty years later. That's I feel it. like it's 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 just as relevant now because okay, TV, we're we're in the so-called golden age of television. TV has changed a lot. The sitcom does not reign in its heyday the way it did in the nineties. I feel like that's why a lot of people, especially our age, will go back and watch a lot of sitcoms from the nineties because that's that's when the sitcom was the thing. Now. TV is a lot more broad. There's reality TV. Dramas are hitting harder than they ever have. There's sci-fi and fantasy on television. It's getting great ratings. And the takedown of the sitcom family is probably not as applicable to most people as it was back then, but it still gives way to the lie of television. Yeah, I think it's still very interesting and still... I think The Simpsons are... I mean, if you want to... Obviously, they're still in the air, so you can still like point at them and say, "Look at." I mean, there's we still I see news releases from about the Simpsons every day, uh. So they're still obviously pushing it, but I think you can still there's whenever someone makes something great or a team of people make something great in art, not just on television or an animated show or however small you want to make how small you want to like make the genre of thing whenever someone makes something great i think it's worth looking at and uh, like if i was seriously going to be writing comedy i would i would think most people probably have watched a lot most of the simpsons who have done that but i would make it require like it's like it's school basically i mean it's like look at this craft even at like at its most broadest sense like no it's it's not necessarily as important because sitcoms aren't as a big a deal as they used to be but it's still like important because it teaches us how audiences work and what we want out of comedy and stuff like that i think it's all that stuff is still incredibly important that's true i almost think that somebody who was studying to be a comedy writer could watch this episode look at the things that frank grimes points out and like basically figure out how to twist what he's saying so your show isn't exactly like the sitcoms of old and that's not these types of situations in sitcoms are not as common as they used to be in the 80s and 90s so it's not that hard to do anymore but i feel like 
you could watch this episode, see what Frank rails against, and write down some notes on, hey, I can make fun of this, or hey, do I want this in my show? Yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of, I, I mean, obviously we recommend watching all The Simpsons, but I think it's just for a craft level, I think it's very valuable on top of the, like, I think this episode in, in particular, because it is so closely examining uh, the show itself, it kind of brings that out. That's it for that segment. We can move on. It is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite Reverend Lovejoy quote? Tons of great answers. They're all they're 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 all winners. Appreciate everyone who takes the time. Uh, first from Jeff uh, Flanders, but Reverend, I need to know: Is God punishing me? Uh, short answer: Yes, with an if. Long answer: No, with a but. <laughs> I sarcastically use this answer all the time in my day-to-day life. I love it. Uh, from uh, from Theresa. Uh, thanks a lot, Marge. That was our only burlesque house. Uh, from Kyle, do you, Marge, take Homer and Richness and Pornus? Pornus is underlined in impotence and impotence in quiet, quiet solitude or blasting across the alkali flats in a jet-powered monkey navigated. And it goes on like this. Uh, from Rob, I remember another gentle visitor from the heavens who came to Earth and then died, only to be brought back to life again. And his name was E.T., the extraterrestrial. I love that little guy. From, from Daniel. Mars, just about everything is a sin. You ever sat down and read this thing? Technically, we're not allowed to go to the bathroom. Uh, from Kevin. And the Lord said, Whack ye all the serpents which crawl upon their bellies, and thy town shall be a beacon unto others. So you see, Lisa, even God himself endorses Whacking Day. Really? Let me see that. No. No. <laughs> uh, Chris, Lovejoy encouraging his dog to take a dump on Flanders' lawn, do your dirty, sinful business, and then subsequently pretending to damn the dog to hell after Ned sees what's happening. Uh, from Graham, it's time to fight Razzle with Dazzle. Michael row, row, row the boat, boat. Is he killing that guitar, Daddy? <laughs> yes, son. Yes, son. <laughs> Uh, from Robbie, when he claims Bart has somehow transferred his bedroom into Lovejoy's in the place of his daughter's. Come on, people, use your imagination. Uh, from Rufus, doesn't the Bible teach us judge not lest ye be judged? I think it may be somewhere towards the back. Uh, from Bernardo, while spreading gasoline over the church floor. Oh, I never thought I'd have to do this again. Uh, from Sean, I regularly respond to questions with perhaps on a librarian's salary. <laughs> uh, from David, car table for sale, top badly damaged, leg missing, otherwise fine, one dollar best offer. Uh, Zach at Zach Kowalski. Um, any particular passage? Oh, it's all good. All right, thanks anyway. Really relate to this quote as a Catholic school kid. Uh, from Tom, Ed Kitten, Homer, sanctuary, sanctuary. <laughs> oh, oh, I wish I never told why, him. That. Why did I teach him that word? Uh, Will at Will's World and M. Wait a minute, this sounds like rock and or roll. Uh, from Daniel at Veggie Duck. Oh, sure I can. In response to Mars saying he can't let one bad experience keep him from helping people. Uh, Joey at Joey Monahan 92. Everyone is saying Gabo this and Gabo that. No one is saying worship this and Jericho that. Uh, Lauren at Italian Princess. Say your prayers, you heathen baboons. Uh, Tim at Hojo 84. Short answer with an if. Short answer yes with an if. Long answer no with a but. Use that whenever I don't want to answer a difficult question. Uh from Matt at Matthew J. Arts. Be they Christian, Jew, or miscellaneous? There are 700 million Hindu. of us. There are over 700 million of us. <laughs> yes. Nav at RoopDog21. Dear Lord, it's a demon bird. Uh, Brian at Brian J. Feld. Lord, why do you hate my trains? 
Uh, loads at loads TBB. This so-called new religion is nothing but a pack of weird rituals and chants this is designed to take away the money of fools. Now let's say the Lord's Prayer 40 times, but first, let's pass the collection plate. Uh, Mike, <laughs> Ned, have you considered any of the other major religions? They're pretty much all the same. And finally, from Russ at RP Jenkins, once the government approves something, it's no longer immoral. Uh, what is your no, answer? What is your answer, Matthew? Uh, my answer, let me make sure I get the wording right. Uh, let's see, where is it? Oh, Mars, just about everything is a sin. You ever sat down and read this thing? Technically, we're not allowed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's that's so accurate as to be scary. It is very true. Uh, my answer is, I, I, I this is a, a very, I don't know, I don't, no one picked it. Uh, it's from White Christmas Blues. Oh, wow. uh, it's probably from a later, it's because it's from a later episode. It's probably no one, no one picked it. Uh, from White Christmas Blues, uh, Reverend Lovejoy, all these people are going to listen to my sermon. Helen, did St. John worry about the crowd? He wrote letters. Any fool can write letters. <laughs> that was really spoke to me. I well, I wanted I don't know I thought it'd be fun to do an answer not many people use. Uh, next week's question: What is the most ridiculous thing that has happened in the show? Homer, wow. winning, a, Homer winning a Grammy, going to space, hmm. elves as jockeys, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's either that or Kay and Kodos appearing hey, hey, in the hey, real wait. episode. I, that didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, that's next week's question. I'll post it all of the social media places, facebook.com slash the Simpsons show pod, Twitter at Simpsons show pod. And you can email us at Simpsons show pod at gmail.com. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the no Google trivia challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The no Google trivia challenges for Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard and try and stump the other. We have a wager for this season. Whoever loses must record themselves singing a Simpsons song of the winner's choosing. I'm currently far behind, but, you know, it's okay. I have a very nice voice. It's true. I can't wait to hear what Robbie sings for us. Mm, yeah, well, you, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, start me off, man. Give me an easy question. All right, sir. Your easy question for today, and uh, this is an earlier episode, so it should be doable for you. Oh, okay, good. What is the name of the newspaper that employs Homer as a food critic? <laughs> Uh, well, I can only off the top of my head think of exactly one newspaper in Springfield, uh, Springfield Shopper. You are correct, sir. Yeah, thank God. If there was, a, if they just randomly picked up a new newspaper, I would. There's no chance in hell of me getting that. <laughs> Your easy question. These are all from Homer Loves Flanders. Oh, okay. I, I, I figured we'd talk about it at least a little. Uh, your easy question. Homer goes with Ned to what football game? Oh, do you want like the 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 uh the pigskin challenge? Is that what you're looking for? No, the teams, Matt. The teams who play. Each oh, other. the teams. Oh, uh, it's Springfield and Shelbyville. That is correct. All right. What's my medium question? All right, so your medium question: What food is poisoned to end Homer's career as and life actually as a food critic? Hmm. I hmm. I can't remember. I will guess. I mean, I'll say lasagna. What is it? That's your final answer? Yes, my final answer, Matt. I don't know. Oh, okay. It's an eclair with over 1 million calories. Oh, right. I forgot about all that. I've seen that episode. I do remember 12 it. 12 pounds of butter per square yeah. inch. That's a very good impression of the, the French guy. The worst French accent ever? I'm yes. good at fake French okay, accents. Okay, your medium question, Matt, is what football player recognizes Ted? Recognizes Ned? I was about to say Ted. Who's Not Ted? Ted. What football player oh, recognizes um, Ned? My tongue is a little tired. Oh, what's his name? Stan Taylor. Stan Taylor. You're right, but do you remember his nickname? Oh, um, 
Isn't it Stan the Boy Taylor? You're correct. I would have given you the points anyway, but I wanted to see if you knew. It is Stan the Boy Taylor. What is my hard you question? Name ever. It's, All right, that's uh, perfect. Uh, this is actually might be a little tough for you. Okay. What good. does Lisa? What does Lisa say to get Homer to not eat the eclair? It's. Hmm. I I I know like what type of thing she would tell him, but exactly, I would say it's sugar free. You're actually so close. I, I what is it? Uh, she tells she tells him it's poisoned. He's like, eh, I've had a good run. And it's just it's low fat. And he throws oh, it mixed low fat. <laughs> okay, got it. You're in I the figured. Got... I get. Um, I knew it was one or the other. Like I, that's exactly I, like I remember vaguely. Okay, your hard question, Matt. Bart sells what to Homer for fifty dollars? Oh, um, it's a coupon for the downtown wig factory. Free, uh, small wig when per- every purchase of a large wig. You're mostly there. I'll give you two out of three. Oh, okay. It's c- coupons to the downtown wig center. Oh, the downtown wig center. To not factory. But you're very close. I will, I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. I could, you could have, I did not, I needed all my full points to have a chance, uh, to win. Uh, so I'm gonna, I, I mean, I knew I've known this for about three weeks that I wasn't gonna win, but whatever. I'm now mathematically eliminated. I can't make it up even if you get all zero points and I get all full points. I'm okay. I'll survive. Uh, I'm still just gonna try and challenge you. Uh, we, we. This is a long episode, so I have bonus episode, uh, bonus questions for you, but we'll wait on those until next week. There's always more uh, Simpsons we can do questions about. Um, we can move on to our final segment segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever best episode ever best episode is the pro- best episode ever is the part of the show where matt and i rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are hey matt i wonder where you're gonna put this this is the best episode of the simpsons best episode i think i have to agree with you like before, before I watched this episode again and really sat down and thought about it, I was like, it's definitely top five for sure. But I don't know about number one. But the more you think about it, the better this episode gets. Like you could spend – you could do a PhD-level thesis on this episode and what it means for entertainment and still laugh every time you saw it. Yeah, I, I – I, you know, I, we, I, we have this list and we really – we treat it very seriously sometimes. Like we're like, oh, yeah, we can't put it at 17. We have to put it at 18. Like that matters or anything, but it's really this list is really just about you and me figuring out what's a good episode and trying to compare Simpsons episodes because there's such a variety of them. And we talk about, oh, this one has really big laughs. This one has more emotion. This one has comedy uh, in song. You know, it has big musical number. This is just excellent performance, not even necessarily because it's funny. It's just really yeah. excellent. There's no gimmicks. There's no weird uh like guest stars being themselves or anybody else it's it's it basically hits on every core value of the simpsons episode and i you know when i'm thinking about the best episodes when we go like why is this number three or number two or number one and you know the arguments that you can make against this is like you know well it relies on you knowing the simpsons you can't be fresh to the simpsons and i don't think truly understand why this episode is so great I think this only works if you have watched it compulsively, honestly. Like, I think I consider, like, we are big fans, super fans, like most, I think most people listening to this podcast. And there are certainly people who don't like this episode, and I, that's fine. 
uh, I think when we're ranking the episodes, when you and me have literally sat down and watched every Simpsons episode up to this point, you know, cutting out clip shows, uh, not making this number one feels foolhardy to me. Like it's not, we're not, this is not a vacuum. There is clear, a clear history of us discussing literally every single episode up to this point and ranking them. I can't not argue for this to be number one. Uh, and I'm glad you agree with me, honestly, because, you know, Well, I, I expected to fight a little more than I did. But like I said, the more you talk about this episode, the more you realize how deep it goes and how much it really embodies the core ideals of the Simpsons so incredibly well. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I would like come back to is like, think of an episode that is like most the Simpsons. Like this is the Simpsons episode. I would say this one is. It, it, it's it's got a lot of character work. It's funny. It it has a, a great cynical commentary on things. I mean, it's everything we love except for you know working a guest star in a good way, songs, and not as many references to obscure things. Well, I mean, it makes references, but it's all about itself. Yeah, it's it's referencing it like all those the cultural references that we would expect for them to happen. They just refer back to other Simpsons episodes, which is, you know, a statement in and of itself about where the show has where the show went, where it was referencing things in the early days of like all these cultural cultural touchstones. And then they've gotten to the point where they themselves are a cultural touchdown. And I think that is one of the reasons that the show has lost some bite over the years and why the why those first eight or nine or ten seasons, if you want to argue uh, if you want to argue those last couple on there are great and the others are diminishing quality or variable quality. I think it's because when something becomes a part of that culture, it's much more difficult to criticize it or take a more critical eye to it when they are the thing they're criti criticizing when they're, they are the thing they're examining. And this is the episode that does that. And then after, like you said earlier, like, what do you do after? Yeah. Eh. You, you, you go a little weird. Well, we have uh, roughly 425 episodes to go and change. <laughs> yeah. And it's always growing. Uh, yeah. Well, eh, maybe they'll end at 30. It's possible. I mean, Matt Groening just got that new show announced. Maybe he'll, maybe that's a th like a sign of like, well, the Simpsons will be ending soon. I can devote myself more full time to that thing once it, if it becomes very successful on Netflix. Sure has the good talent. Yeah. It sure. It has assembled a good cast. All right. New number one, Homer's Enemy. Kate Fear finally unseated from the throne of this very important list. The only... The this only... totally arbitrary and subjective list. No, not. It's not arbitrary at all, Matt. Come on. It's not subjective whatsoever. Uh -huh. These are science and fact. Definitely. Last on the list is still Homer's Odyssey. I think something will supplant that as well, eventually. Uh, you can find this list on our website, simply thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, to our Patreon. If you want to help us out, throw us a couple dollars. We appreciate it. Uh, that'll do it for this very long episode, which I I promised. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. Um, see, before we go, you can find me on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. Please check out my other podcast, The Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books and the serial fanaticists. It's about a lot of nerdy, different, varied topics. Last episode was about uh, continuing our series about The Prisoner, the cult television show. A couple back where it was a Harry Potter episode with me and Matt. And there's a lot of other stuff, wrestling, all kinds of stuff. Check it out. Matt does not participate in social media. Unless you're a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. That's true. However, I have finally rigged up my S-Wave detector. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're up for creating a few earthquakes, send them my way and I'll decode them. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.